it's our 50th episode of the Parkrun Adventurers, our milestone, our first milestone podcast. Welcome, Mel. Thanks, Scotty. It's our second milestone podcast because when we got to the 25, that was like matching the volunteers. Oh, yeah. We do like to celebrate. We do. And are you all in red tonight? Well, it's hot. It's tops off again. But... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm in red. Why not? Are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm in red sequins and I've got my red Santa hat on. So I'm I'm red, 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 red. Good. I've got my Christmas drinks going. I am festive. I'm ready for fun. And I'm ready... Um, dare I say it, our biggest episode yet. It's our longest anyway. It's going to be a bumper one, definitely. Yeah. But let's start it with something, a hangover from last week, bottom three. We're just going to... You want to like, start with the bottom three? I yeah. thought we would go out with this. No, no, it's like it's like a band-aid, ripping off a band-aid. Let's just do it. Oh, I just... I'm, are we sure? Are we really sure we're going to do this? Yep, yep. I don't think we're going to win any friends. But you know what? We've always been honest. We have. You know. It's not about popularity for us. We've proven that time and again. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, I'll go first. I don't don't like doing this, so I'm I'm only going to do it once. But I'm committed to it. So, here goes. My bottom three parkruns are probably... finished they were around my ankles and nobody really needed to see that so it wasn't a great day Scotty I've never noticed have you got trains near you um I didn't quite catch all all the the things it, that it, you just said it was noisy it was noisy I'm nowhere near a train line but um I heard something too anyway that was it what did you think you probably have never run any of them so you can't really comment but Why don't you give me yours? Oh, I really... Okay, all right. Here goes nothing. Don't hate me, guys. But my bottom three are... And it had gone in so far that they had to call the doctor to pull it out again. (laughs) Now I can understand. (laughs) Oh, you had (laughs) it. It, yeah, it was traumatic. Yeah. I didn't catch all of that, but I, I think I got the gist. Yeah, they, again, noisy, noisy where you are. Yeah. Sorry about that. But let's move on to happier things. Yes, we've done it. We've ripped off the Band-Aid. Let's talk about something fun like Christmas. What about it? <laughs> Well, there's another reason to be in red. We're going to be doing Christmas Day park runs. Hey, did you know? I mean, no, you wouldn't know because I haven't told you. Every year uh, for my family, I don't do it for my husband's family, but for my family, I make bonbons, Christmas bonbons. So you can buy the the packs of like the flat pack 
bonbons and they come with hats and sometimes they come with jokes, sometimes they don't. And then you can pop whatever you like in them. You can put Freddo frogs. So you know how you buy the ready-made bonbons and they've got these crappy little plastic toys. Um, you might get a whistle or a comb or just something useless that nobody actually wants. And these dodgy paper hats. Well, the the packs that you buy at like the craft stores yeah, you get the hat and you get the jokes, but you have to fill it with whatever else you want. So you can put really cool stuff in there. You know, you could put scratchies or the chocolates that people like. Or um, one year I put in all these little parachuting men so that everybody got a different parachuting man. And then we had a competition later to see who could parachute their parachuting man into in a, a, a series of hoops that I put in the backyard. So we always do some sort of games. But what I do love most about the bonbons is the really dodgy jokes and I thought it might be funny if we we had a chat about dodgy bonbon jokes do you I mean they're kind of like dad jokes you know the ones I'm talking about of course I specialize in them going back to your bonbons this may surprise you the first year me and my wife put on Christmas we did exactly the same thing I've got I forgot about it but Here's, here's something I learned from our experience that you might have picked up on. I put golf balls in the bonbon. And when two people are pulling it, that doesn't work. So then when golf balls are flying across the room. I also yep. put um, seeds and the seed packet split. Just loose? Well, no, I put them in, in paper, but somehow it got ripped. So again, oh, okay. when the bonbon was pulled... <laughs> We had golf balls and um, seeds flying all over the Christmas table. So there's, nice a, work. there's a pro tip for you this year. Leave the quick golf balls Or out. if there are particular people that you don't like, you could fill it with glitter. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, you know, <laughs> that might win me some favours with my family this year if I put glitter in them. And if... Hmm. You know, Christmas is all about spending time with people you don't really want to sometimes. So, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but back to not the jokes. Not in my case. Because I, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I do actually make up the things that go in there as well. If the jokes don't cut the mustard, the ones that they come with, I um, get online and I Google some bad jokes and I, I see how dodgy I can make them and pop them in. So, do you have any you're a dad. You'd have dad jokes. Look, I've got You'd plenty. You'd have bad bonbon jokes. No, look, this is this is our Christmas party. This is the Parkrun Adventurers Christmas party happening live-ish. So I've got a bonbon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm here by myself though, so I'm going to... Oh, you should have got Buster in there to pull one no, end of it. Buster's here, but he's asleep. Well, there you go. Oh, Buster, come Okay, on. don't wake him up. No, no. So I'm going to wedge one end under the laptop. Put it between your toes. Then it's like having two hands. Oh. <laughs> I won. You won. <laughs> See, this is the benefit of opening bonbons just with yourself. <laughs> and what was the favour in this one? What was? Did you get a plastic comb? It's coming. It's stuck. Oh, it's a spinning top. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. There you go. It's spinning. 
Okay, so my joke. <laughs> this is this is I can't make this up. You heard it explode. What do you call a penguin in the Sahara Desert? Um, lost. <laughs> you got know. it. No, that's it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. Oh no. Well, it's practical. It's logical. Of course, the penguin wouldn't be in the Sahara Desert. So there you go. <laughs> you can add that to your repertoire this year, Mel. I will add that to my my repertoire. That's a good one. Um, I've got one for you though. Why did Scrooge buy everyone a budgie for Christmas? Because he's cheap. Oh, you're so close. <sighs> because they were going cheap. <laughs> they were going cheap. <laughs> Do you know, I love doing the bonbons with my niece and nephew who are six and eight because they, they're they old enough now to be able to read them, but they don't always get the jokes. <laughs> and and you can tell if they're just laughing because everyone else has started laughing. Oh, but it's it's good fun. And we often actually just end up getting them to read all of our jokes for us because it adds to the enjoyment. Will they be going to Christmas Day Park Run with you? Will you drag them out? Well, they um, they will be given the choice. So they they have park run, park ran. They have they have been to a lot of park runs. Um, they're actually quite the little adventurers. So what we'll do is because my mother and my nana will also be there on Christmas morning. They won't actually have to come out if they don't want to. And um, there's a rule that they're allowed to open one present each, but they're not allowed to open the rest until after park run. So they know they're not going to get them any sooner if they stay at home and just stare longingly at them. So I'm hoping they'll come, but we'll give them the choice whether or not they feel up to it. Well, very sensible. We don't give our daughter the choice. We just make her come. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't have a choice. We can't leave her but home alone. she looks alone. forward to it, doesn't she? She loves it and she doesn't know any better. And I think she genuinely looks forward to it. Well, no, she doesn't know any different. I, I think she probably does know better. You know, not a lot of kids have had the benefit of being to park run on Christmas Day before, and she's had the benefit of that. So I think she knows better than they do. She's going to love it. I'm going to love it. Let's be honest, all our listeners are going to love it this year. Have we got any news this week? We do have news. Shall we go to the news? Yeah, let's have the news. Here's the news. The Parkrun Adventurers this week reach a new milestone, releasing their 50th episode of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Achieving this milestone has been the culmination of a great many things. 2,490 minutes of audio was released. 113 guests have graced the podcast waves. 34 roving adventures have been reported. Hundreds of social adventures have been shared. Mel has increased the population of her costume room by a very modest six costumes. Scotty racked up four new stacks during official events and at least that many again on unofficial runs. And countless adventures have been had. Shortish news this week, but full of information, full of stats on us. So my favourite. Um, we promised to catch up with Ian for more stats last week. So let's keep our promise. 
What did Cinderella say when her photos didn't arrive on time? One day my prince will come. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> well, we don't have to wait for a prince because we have got Mr. Hay from Facts in a Haystack two weeks in a row back to give us the stats that he somehow forgot to give us last week, even though he promised he would. Welcome back to the podcast, Ian. Thank you. Well, how lucky you guys have two weeks in a row. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a planned ploy. You you had this plan the whole time. Exactly. My way of getting back on here. Now, I've got a better joke than that one. Oh, really? I probably should say up front, I'm one of those people that should never, ever tell jokes. Um, <laughs> messed them up every time. So, what is the definition of a statistician? Someone who doesn't have the personality to be an accountant. I think I've insulted statisticians and accountants out there. So if any of you listening in, my apologies. Did you find that joke in a bonbon? It's got to be in a bonbon somewhere. My big brother's a statistician. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he's not going to be offended either. So you're safe then. Cool. Yeah. But it does sound a bit like a dad joke. Yep. So let's get on to something that you're good at, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We, we, we posed, uh, or at least I should say, I posed a question for you um, in the lead up to last week's podcast about a revisit of something that we covered earlier in the year. Do you have those stats for us? I do, and of course, because I love stats, I took them a little bit further and made even more, so let's see how many I can throw at you. Oh, good. The Mel versus Scott. I think that was the first <laughs> or second episode. I think it was the first episode that I came on that we did this one, didn't we? So, I think it was. Yep, so, and, and Scott wasn't aware of this one. You might have suspected, but it's um, a Mel versus Scott. Uh, volunteer stints, we'll start with. Yes. So... For this year, now now that we've had this whole extra year where there's been more Mel's and there's been more Scots added to the mix. Yep. Because yep. last time, if I recall correctly, the Scots won. You pipped you pipped the Mel's by a very small margin. It's amazing you still remember that too, Scott. You just <laughs> hung on to that. I don't have many victories in life, so I take them where I can get them. But I can feel well, another one coming. Feel the coming? Oh. I think the tides have turned this year. All the males have. Um... No. No. Okay. So we have 277 males in Australia, or running park run, not in Australia, running um, at park run, and they've done 932 volunteer stints in total. So that's not this year, Mel. Unfortunately, I can't get a yearly breakdown, but um, that's now at that's 933 okay. in total. We'll catch up eventually, even if we haven't got it now. But that's almost a thousand. That's amazing. Almost a thousand. Now the average isn't that great with Mel's, so Mel's have got to do a bit of work. I think you're holding a lot of the weight there, Mel. Um, there's only about an okay. average of three volunteer stints each across that group. So, well, I'm well above average. You're well, well above average. <laughs> so the Scots, there's actually there's a thousand and nine Scots out there versus yes. the 277 Mel's. <laughs> wow, you guys. Oh, well, their averages are probably worse, though. Yeah, averages are. Quite low. So, 1,194 <laughs> volunteer stints. Winner. Check. Yep. Twice. So, unfortunately, the but, but the average is what? Like one per Scott? Yes, That's not even... It's... Yeah. 
<laughs> Fortunately, Scott, you're holding you're holding up pretty high there too. So if if you if you multiplied the mels by four, so you had the even amounts of mels and Scots, we would be kicking your butts with the volunteering. Yep, that's right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna consider this a win. <laughs> you gotta take a win out of there. Is, isn't that what people do? We we just manipulate the numbers until they come out good for us. <laughs> exactly. That's statistics. So I also because I couldn't leave it there, I had to go and look at the runs as well. So there's been ten thousand five hundred runs from the Mel's. Okay, well, we're going to let down the runs, I'm pretty sure. Actually, it's not too far off. There's only 12,300 Scots, so not that far. Oh, okay. It's pretty close. Now, just to finish it off. We're good at registering and then never coming back. (laughs) That's right. Never volunteering, running one time. Yeah. Now, to finish it off, I had to figure out now, where would you guys go to feel most at home amongst the Mel's and the Scots in Australia? So, Maitland actually have the most Mel's. They've, they've had 37 Mel's run at their event, and they've had actually seven in one week. So, you could go along there, there'd be seven of you Mel's running at the same time. That's good. That's good odds. Yep, there you go. So, and Newey is the one for the Scots to go to. So we've got fifty-seven different Scots and eight in one week. Just actually isn't far off the Mel's. So. But yep, Newey for Scott and Maitland for Mel. Done. Going on the list. Yeah, we've both got to head to the region of runners' Mel. <laughs> That's all right by me. That's all the stats for two thousand and sixteen. Yep, we're all statted out. I think that's a word. Pretty sure it is. It just got used on a legitimate podcast, so that must make it a word. That's right. That's been great, Ian. We know park runners love their stats, and um, you've delivered them for us this year. And bigger things coming next year, we hope. Exactly. We might have some surprises. Can't wait. Thank you, guys. I've I've had a really good year. It's been fun. We've had fun too. We have loved having you this year, Ian. I hope you will join us again in 2017. I certainly will. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. What song do you sing at a snowman's birthday party? No one? Free's a jolly good fellow. And we've got... One jolly good fellow and one jolly good female fellow <laughs> joining us on the podcast now. They hark from HQ in Parkrun Australia and we're very happy to have them here. Renee and Tim, welcome to the podcast. Great Thanks, to be here. Now, obviously, that joke was the calibre that you guys are going to have to meet for the rest of this interlude. So I hope you've brought your A game, your Christmas A game. I'm ready. All right, well, who wants to start? Give me your best jokes, guys. Your best Christmas bonbon jokes. Ladies first, Renee. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Oh, I know this one because it was in a bonbon last year. <laughs> is it? Is it can't see a No, it's no. a do you think he's a, do you think he saw it? Ah, that is good. That is good. How did the human cannonball lose his job? Oh. <laughs> he got fired, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I've got another one. Can so I do two or are we going to yeah, do a second one it. later? All right. 
Why did the skeleton go to the New Year's Eve party on his own? He had no body to go with. <laughs> I, that is actually one of the jokes I've got on my bonbon papers right here. That's a legitimate bonbon joke. There we go. There we go. Now, let's get serious. The year in park run for you two. Renee, you go first. Have you got a highlight that sticks out? Um, well, yeah, definitely. The highlight for me was joining the team, um, doubling the team, so to speak, um, uh, uh. going from one to, to two employees of Parkrun. That was, for me, a highlight on, on not only on a personal level of what it's done for me, but also on a national level of what we can do for Parkrun and, and where we can grow. Um, now having more resources than, than we have previously. So that's my, that's my highlight. What does it mean for um, the park runners? Act- Look, I think for park runners themselves, I don't think they would notice, and, and that's, I think, exactly how we want it to be. Territory directors and our event directors have got more support. Not, not saying they, they didn't have support, but there's, there's now double the team. Um, so... We can get through more. We can launch more events. We can get kicked out quicker. We can answer queries. We can get back to people quicker because we're sharing the workload rather than one person doing it. So at the end of the day, I don't think that the individual park runner would notice how many staff we had. We could have two. We could have four. Um, I don't think they would notice. At an event level for the park runner. Ideally, they wouldn't know or wouldn't, it wouldn't affect them. But as an um, organisational side and with our event teams, definitely I, I think they've got the support and will continue to grow so they have more and more support in the future. And Timothy, you got a well, for us. Um, Very formal. So I, I sounds like I'm, I, sounds like I'm in trouble, Scott. Um, look, there's two highlights for me. I mean, lots of highlights, but the two that come to mind, uh, the first one is, well, Renee just pinched it from me, which was Renee coming on uh, as a full-time staff member. Um, as, as you guys know, Renee had been uh, volunteering you know, in, a, in, a, in a capacity um, over and above her, her official territory director status for a long period of time. So when we were able to um, employ someone, uh, then that was the na- the natural uh, fit was for Renee to actually come on full time. So so that's been uh, amazing for me to uh, double, as Renee says, double the staff. Um, and and so yeah, Renee Renee starting's been uh, absolutely key. And I think she's correct in saying that really the the park runners wouldn't wouldn't notice it. Um, but certainly we we all do on a on a daily, weekly, hourly, minute by minute <laughs> basis. So um, so that's that's. Uh, my highlight number one and of course the only the, the way that that came about was because we signed medibank as our third national sponsor and to have them come on they they gave us the the resources to be able to bring renee on so um so yeah bringing bringing on medibank after what was a sort of two to three year negotiation and finally getting that across the line this year was the other highlight and of course that is something that um, all park runners in Australia, I think, would be well aware of uh, that they are now on board with us. Next year, 2017, is staring 
us down. We're not too far away. What are you most excited about or looking forward to the most for Parkrun next year? Uh, look, I'm going to say the number of launches. So I don't know if in a way that's a good or a bad thing, but I we're definitely on track to launch at least one Parkrun a week. And um, whilst that might be spread out over the year, we've done the same sort of number this year, but there's so much interest and we're building so many more sort of potential event directors and potential locations that I I think next year, especially now there's, you know, double the the team, I think we've got the capacity to launch more. So I find that exciting that we, not so much that we're going to launch new events, but we're going to launch events in communities that have not experienced this before. And um, that's exciting to change the world, change Australia. As far as 2017 goes, I think what I'm looking forward to the most, and this is a, this is a, this is assuming it actually happens, is is the launch of Junior Park Run, um, and this is something that has been on the radar for uh, for several years now. Um, we've been watching it grow very successfully in the UK. Uh, the, the model is is pretty much refined now uh, and having just recently launched in Ireland as well, uh, I think the sort of global um, presence of Junior Park Run is, is going to be something that we're going to see uh, happening uh, and of course Australia um, is right at the top of that list of countries who will, who will get Junior Park Run. Uh, we've got a pretty active Junior Park Run Australia Facebook page where people are forever asking questions about when is it coming, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I can pretty confidently say next year um, at some point we will launch Junior Park Run. So I think that will be uh, amazing. It will just add to what we were doing. And as Renee said, it's it's changing uh, Australia, changing the health of Australia. And um, from a legacy perspective of what we're doing is obviously if we can, if we can um, instill the right values around health and well-being into our children, then that sets uh, all of us up for a, a broader future. So that's, yeah, that's, I think that's what I'm looking forward to most in 2017. Are we still just waiting for a sponsor? What's the holdup with Junior Parker? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, there, there's a couple of things. The first is that our, co- our colleagues in the UK had, uh, I guess, warned me a little bit that they were still unsure as to whether they have had the formula exactly correct in terms of the ages of children participating and um, just the general format of the event. Um, but now that it's, it's, it's been established now for, for several years, I think they're, they're happy with that. Um, so that was one thing. I guess I was waiting to, to just see how it would all play out in the UK. Uh, the other was around, I guess, the financing of Junior Park Run. Uh, would it just be something that we would bolt into our day-to-day operations uh, or would it be something that we would run quite separately with separate sponsors and so on? Um, and so that was just something I was, I guess, mulling over in my head. Um, but as, as it stands, um, it, we're in, you know, the organisation's in, in a good place uh, financially. We've got good systems in play, um, good people, ne- uh, lots of good people in the team uh, from a staff and volunteer perspective. Uh, so I think, yeah, as I say, 2017 will, will be the year that we, um, you know, cross that bridge and, and get Junior Park Run happening. Alrighty. We are days away from Christmas. So what one thing would each of you wish 
if you could have one Christmas wish for Parkrun for Christmas? Well, is this a wish that, that's going to come true or just a wish? Wishes can come true, but they might not. So, so for Parkrun, my wish would be that every event in Australia, which is currently 200, uh, gets a DFib from Santa. If it can come true, um, amazing. And I think my wish uh, is, is sort of in that same category, Renee, in that I, I wish every event has a healthy festive period, meaning that there are no uh, no incidents at any of our events that would require the DFib or any other significant uh, first aid. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be hoping that we get through the Christmas and New Year period with everyone in, in our Parkrun family uh, safe and sound. Now, we hope the two of you are running on Christmas Day. Have you got big plans? Most definitely. Uh, my family are coming from Sydney to stay with me for Christmas. And um, as a Christmas at my house, we we go to Park Run. So my dad and my sister are definitely coming with me. My mum, if she's well enough, will, will come, not run, but she will be there and, and potentially even volunteer. Um, and then my sister and my brother-in-law and my nephews, it depends if we can get them away from their gifts from Santa. Hopefully they'll come along and, and even if they join us and have a swim at the beach after we park run. But definitely there will be running happening in my family on Christmas Day. And I, I won't be running because I'll be volunteering. And uh, this is something I did last year up here at Early Beach Park Run. Uh, we'd only been established for, I think, three weeks last year because uh, it's an early December uh, anniversary for Early Beach Park Run. So I think it was a, our fourth event, I think, was actually Christmas Day. So uh, given that the community was so new, I, I um, took charge and was run director and, and so on. And uh, so I've, I've decided that that's going to become a little tradition for me, me, um, me run directing up here on Christmas Day. And I've actually, I'm, I'm run directing New Year's Day as well. So, um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be run directing and I'll, I'll have the family, I'm sure, um, have, fulfilling some sort of capacity in the, in the volunteering role. I might have Jack and Evie handing out tokens or something like that. Um, but no, I'll, I'll be, um, that's my gift. My gift to, to the early beach park runners is, is that I'll be run directing on Christmas Day. Hopefully without any creative volunteering from Evie and Jack. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no barcodes uh, in, the, in the ocean or anything like that. Okay, team. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're a little bit hurt that one of your highlights wasn't the launch of the um, Parkrun Adventures Australian Parkrun podcast. Oh, but that was a given. Nice save, Renee. In all seriousness, from uh, from myself and Renee and all of your listeners, uh, I want to thank you guys for putting this together this year. Uh, most people probably don't realise that you know you guys get nothing for doing this show uh, from 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 us as an organisation. Uh, you know you're not paid to do it. It's just an extension of your love of parkrun um, and what you're doing caters to a, a really niche but really important part of our organisation and uh, so on behalf of everyone from Parkrun Australia and the world, including your listeners in um, uh, Mongolia. Mongolia, yeah, I think Mongolia. <laughs> your one listener in Mongolia. And we've got Cuba and Norway now too. Well, Cuba, I mean, it's opening up, isn't it? So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so on behalf of everyone, guys, thank you for, for what you've done this year and we look forward to more Parkrun adventuring in 2017. final guest of the year we, we thought long and hard about it and thought 
who should we get? Let's just go right to the source and get the founder on. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, PSH. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. It's uh, fabulous to be here. I feel very, very uh, linked and tied to Australian park runs and park runners, so it's fantastic to be able to come and talk to you. When you first started, did you ever think there'd be park run in Australia? No, mate. When I first started, I only thought there'd ever be one park run, and that would be Bushy Park. Uh, prob- most of your folks will, will know this, but I'll, it's worth repeating. I started park run because I was um, I was lonely, and I wanted to make sure I saw my mates. So the idea was uh, have a little run, but then go for a coffee afterwards. And if I did that, I was pretty certain that I would see most of my mates uh, every week or maybe every other week because they would all come to this free, easy 5K run. So it was a, I had selfish motives, and uh, it turns out that one of the best things we do is the coffee morning after park run. Couldn't agree more. We often tell people, parkrun's not a running event, it's a social event. I've made so much, so many more friends in the last few years from parkrun. Was, was that your idea as well? Well, it's, it's key to uh, what we do. So I would say at the beginning, I didn't anticipate that parkrun would expand across both the, the nation and also the world. Uh, but absolutely, I did want for my community to be the best it could be. I love people who run because they just seem to have the uh, the, the right kind of personality to get on with. Um, you know, we're all a little bit OCD. We're all a little bit uh, want to be the, the best we can and, and all of that stuff, and that's great. But um, absolutely my focus was to try and get as many people around me who, who loved doing the same things that I wanted to do and who were good for having a coffee and a cake after a park run. And, and to a large degree, I think we've been successful at that. I think one of the things that park run is uh, most successful at is not focusing on the running, but focusing on what happens around the running, the, the social scene, the building relationships, the supporting of each other, the volunteering is just such an amazing thing, which I have to say, I didn't think about on day one, but as we decided to grow uh, Parkrun, we knew that it had to be a volunteer-led organization. So these things have just come together um, over time, and we made a lot of right decisions, and we're just I, I just feel very blessed to be part of something that stands for so many good values. It's just uh, it's fan- it's fantastic. And speaking of branching out across the globe there are a few million people who agree with you that it's it's a wonderful thing to do on the weekends and we've just reached a milestone in registrations haven't we paul yes the three millionth barcode was issued and fortunately brilliantly it's somebody here in in the united kingdom it it hasn't gone to uh, to south africa <laughs> again i think we lost uh, one million and two million to south africa so um yeah i'm very proud that we have three million people signed up. Um, I think that's just the beginning, really. Uh, you know, our our responsibility now is to share the joy, to share the well-being, to share the support, uh, to share volunteering, and the, give the gift of parkrun to everybody in the world. I don't think we have to do it next year, but we can keep 
doing it for the rest of our lives because it is such a simple proposition. It's so engaging. It keeps all uh, walks, all people from all avenues of, of, of uh, life, gets everybody involved. And it is about your community. It's where you live. It's your people. It's your friends. And it is the best it can possibly be. Absolutely agree. Now, the person who has registered with the three millionth number, so they, their athlete ID would be A, three, and then a whole bunch of zeros. I'm a little bit proud that my athlete ID is roughly in the 380,000 mark because obviously, you know, it, it was a way – it was away in the UK for years before um, it came to Australia. You've got a very low parkrun barcode, but you don't have the A01. How long did it take you to register, Paul? No, well, uh, to begin with, um, there, was, there wasn't a computer system. To begin with, there was an Excel spreadsheet. And uh, what happened was, on day one, uh, I didn't know who was going to pitch up, so as they arrived, I said, go to the back of my car, write your name down, and then come to the start line. Uh, everyone at nine o'clock, I sent everybody off. And as they finished the run, I handed them a metal token, uh, a washer that I'd got from a local uh, um, hardware store. And I'd stamped in the number one and then the number two and so on. So very rudimentary. I gave them the token and I said, go and find your name in my car and put the number, write down the number next to your name. And then we took that spread, that uh, A4 sheet of paper, we went to the coffee shop and then I typed everything into Excel. And so we had, I suppose for a while, we had an Excel spreadsheet that had a bunch of names on from this week, from last week, from the week before. And I would always... Uh, sort them into an alphabetical order so it was easy for you to find your name. That system obviously can only go so far and eventually I decided to computerize. And when I computerized, I gave, I sorted everybody alphabetical and I gave them a number starting from one. And I happened to be 1,674 because I think I sorted it on surname and then first name. So Sinton here it comes towards the end of the pack. So probably, uh, the first 3,000 registrations were given to people who either had or who must have come down and done, done an event. Uh, what, what happened after that was there was a period of time when somebody who had registered with Parkrun could write to me and say, look, I don't want to be on the database anymore. Take me off. And I would actually delete their record. I made a decision um, a year or so later never to delete anybody uh, and so today if somebody registers and then asks to be deleted we don't delete them we just anonymize and we, we remove their personal details but that record stays and especially if you've run an event your record stays so what happened was I think numbers one two three and four all um, deregistered and so we've got a gap. There is nobody in position one, position two, position three, and position four. And I suppose we could eventually do something special with that, you know, auction it off, get somebody uh, high profile, you know, to, to register in those numbers. But at the moment, they remain vacant. And I'm 1674. And I was never bothered, really, about being number one. I didn't think that it mattered, to be honest. Have you still got any of those washers? Yes, yes, I still have them. I have the originals. 
And then I, you know, what happened was the first hundred or so were the tokens that I stamped a marker in, and then I did the same for the first few events. But eventually, I had to, you know, through research, I found the Forestry Commission in the United States had these aluminium numbers pre-stamped. And so for the next year or so, we were ordering aluminium tokens from the United States, which typically are used to mark trees. And uh, and then eventually we got to develop the barcode system, which uh, eliminated us having to import these tokens and, and so on. That seems like a much more economical way to do it. Yeah, I think what, what we've done over the years, what we've done is we, we realized that this um, this parkrun thing had legs, it would grow. And so we've done the very best we could to make the model as self-service as possible so that you don't have to have a very big, large organization um, managing and operating the whole event. Clearly we do now. We're a very responsible and professionally run organization. But the idea was to give as much accountability and as much authority to local teams to do what I did for my team or for my community. I had a vision to bring people together around a run where we would learn to like each other and support each other and, sh and share time. And every new event that starts, there's somebody with that same conviction, that same uh, courage, and they're going and doing exactly what I did for the first event. And I, it, that makes me so proud. It, it's just, uh, you know, the fact that we can actually help them and we can facilitate that, make it uh, maybe a little bit easier than when I did it. But at the same time, uh, it has the same power and the same impact, bringing people from all walks of life and making their lives better. You gave us the idea. You had the idea. But you also gave a lot of your time and money in the early days. Have you ever put a figure on how much you invested in Parkrun to get us where we are now? Well, I can, I can tell you that the, uh, the system that we operate that allows for all of this to happen, the results system, the barcode system, the administration, the registration, the Wikipedia, all that stuff, we've probably invested uh, three million pounds in those systems. And there's more to be done. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but the website's being redeveloped. That's a massive project. I think personally, I invested every spare minute I had for the first five five years. So I carried on working and I took half my income and I invested that in the business, paying for people like Chris Wright and so on to, to be part of the company while I carried on working. So my personal investment in straightforward cash is probably around £50,000 a year for the first five years. But um, that pales into insignificance if you take into account the hours that many of the volunteers have given uh, right from the early day, uh, the people who invested in the technology, and there are quite a few of them who invested their time and their effort and, and got the system up and running. And, and it's brilliant. I, you know, we, we have a very powerful engine which is going to allow us to grow this, uh, you know, in the same manner that we're currently doing for a very long time still. What about the impact on volunteering that Parkrun has done as well? So, yeah, we've got these runners who have got something, but you've also given something to people to be involved in the community. 
Did you ever think of that when you started? Well, to be honest, right at the beginning, I felt that that could be the whole downfall of the model. If we didn't get that right, it could mean that you would have to start charging people to run so that you could pay people to, to manage events. But it, it turned out that we made a lot of the decisions were brilliant decisions, keeping it at 5K, making sure it was always short, an hour's worth of work, giving the teams accountability and, and uh, responsibility, helping them grow their skills, all those sorts of things. As it turns out, there are many organizations who would like to copy what we do, and I've been and spoken to many of them because clearly we would we would love it if more organizations were able to be as effective as we are with volunteering. But uh, there's just something that works. We are unique in that it really, really works for us. It doesn't always work for the swimming association or the golf or the tennis or so on. So um, it's probably the one of the most important things that we do for society. People are finding their way into a very, very soft uh, startup volunteering role and then deciding, actually, this is something that's really valuable. It's not something that I need to be rewarded for because it has its own reward and it's helping me develop myself as a person and I'm giving something back to community and there's a huge amount of uh, emotional and um, physical well-being associated with that. Some people are actually um, growing their skill base and it even goes so far as uh, when people are being interviewed for jobs, uh, one of the first things that seems to happen is if somebody sees uh, that you're a parkrun volunteer, they immediately know what that means. They immediately understand what kind of person you are because you are a parkrun volunteer. And the conversation uh, starts at that, at that level. And as a result, it puts people at ease and really sets the path for a good conversation. So it's, I think it's a lot bigger than I could have ever, ever imagined. I think the impact on countries and on society is going to be uh, astronomical. And I think it's a, something I'm incredibly proud of. It's, um, and, and there's more to come. It's just, this is a never ending story and it just gets better and better every day. It's brilliant. Speaking of never-ending stories, there, there are more events launching every week than we can possibly get to. We love adventures, and I know you've been to quite a few park runs. Do you know exactly how many different events you've been to, Paul? No, I'm sure I can look it up, but it's about uh, it's probably edging towards the 200 different park run events, probably 190-something. And do you think you can remember them all? <laughs> uh, no. Look, um, if... Uh, if I pick a particular event and I sometimes I can't remember, then I go and check my record and say, okay, I've been there. Then I try and recover the the thoughts I had when I was there in the course and so on. The most memorable events are not the course. It's definitely the people. It's what happens um, often not before the event, but mostly after the event, uh, how how the community gels, what happens in the coffee shop, how people speak to each other, and so on and so forth. So I have some very, very fond memories of lots of background courses, but I'll tell you for a fact, it's very seldom to do with the actual running. It's a lot to do with the people. 
Speaking of the people, we had one of our adventurers visiting uh, Bushy Park earlier this year and he managed to snaffle a little interview with you that was on the podcast. You mentioned in that interview that you would be coming to Australia next year. Is that still on the cards? So I, I have an Australian passport and I have a, a big allegiance to Australia. I would like to, if at all possible, uh, come and travel the whole country. So that's going to be a quite an extended trip. And, you know, I, I probably can't run every single Saturday park run. So probably what I'd look to do is maybe start in the north and move all the way down to the south and then to the um, the west and then do uh, as many park runs during the week as I can. So probably be one on a Tuesday and another one on a Thursday or maybe a Wednesday and a, and a Friday and then again on the Saturday. So. And for each of those, I would be looking to meet the local team and spend time with them, perhaps have a meal or coffee or whatever. But uh, the the idea would be that when I'm done, I would pretty much know as much as I could know about Australia and about the Australian community. That sounds awesome. You're going to be doing lots of running and drinking lots of coffee because I reckon if we say yeah. PSH is coming to town, people are going to make time to be there and go for a run are you ready well, for I that hope so I, you know no i am i am i'm i'm not looking to break any records anymore i'm just looking to to run if i can run at the moment i'm running probably three miles every day of the week um probably just under every day of the week but um i'd be quite happy to run three miles every day of the week that would be absolutely brilliant uh keep me exactly in the shape i think i want to be in and as i continue to get older i think that's my my vision uh when it comes to running is about enjoying every single run it's not about breaking records and it's not about being as as fast as i possibly possibly can be anymore it is about uh, who you're on the run with what you can see what you can hear um, and what memories you're left by having that run what about your plans for christmas and new year Will you be running on Christmas Day? Absolutely. It's the best park run of the year, by the way. And um, traditionally, I, well, it's a tradition that I started, obviously. Uh, I, I, want, I always wanted every single park run to run on every single Saturday that was possible. It just so happened in 2004 uh, that, the par- that the Sunday, uh, sorry, the Saturday was Christmas Day. And I didn't know whether people would come down or not, but I decided that if if it was a Saturday, we would definitely run Park Run. And I put the Park Run on that day, and it was brilliant. And they continue to be the most exciting day of the year to run. There's something really, really special about uh, Christmas Day because I suppose everybody's in a specific kind of mood. They're all about presents and sharing and... Um, and I think that you just that just carries on straight into into the parkrun world. And of course, you get it over and done with very quickly. Uh, people don't stick around and have coffee on on Christmas morning. They head home and they start the cooking and so on and so forth. But it is um, by far the most exciting day to run a parkrun, and it has it's one of those days that you just remember for a very long time. Of course, it also you feel pretty righteous for the rest of the day, knowing that very few people out there are running or doing any exercise. Everyone's 
enjoying some gluttonous feast. So um, yeah, I feel I feel totally righteous about it. Yeah, I love it too. For me, it's, it was my favourite park run memory as well. My first event, we put on Christmas Day, and we were struggling a bit for numbers. Then we put on Christmas Day. It was an awesome morning, and you know, momentum just grew from that day. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Can't wait for Christmas Day park run. Yeah. It's brilliant. Another aspect about Christmas, um, you you mentioned that you started Parkrun because you didn't want to be lonely and or you were lonely and you wanted to see your friends and and make arrangements to see your friends. And for some people, um, Parkrun on Christmas Day is the only contact they have with any other people, you know, so it offers that as well. To be honest, you're you're absolutely right again. Uh, Christmas Day is a day when you will notice lonely people because it is one of the few things that offers an opportunity for community to to come out and to be with other people. Now, this is something that's very dear to my heart, uh, something that I care very passionately about. Parkrun is a gift, and it's a gift for everyone. Uh, We, you know, every single week when you get your results. That is a gift given to you by the volunteers. And and people need to see it in that light. They need to understand that. And I think that it's the nature of it, the fact that it's free, that it's weekly, that it's we can give that gift to somebody else every single week. And especially when somebody is lonely, we should be looking out for those people. We should be making a special effort to even if it's just to pick them up and drop them off, get them to the park run regardless of their activity. They don't have to run. They don't have to walk. They can just stand and observe. If they want, then they can get involved in the volunteering. It is the most precious gift that you can give, and it is a life-changing gift. If you help one person in that situation this year, their whole life will be different next year, and I guarantee that. That is absolutely the truth. Paul, thank you so much. I'm sure you get thanked a lot um, for being the ideas man and for having this wonderful idea and bringing Parkrun to the community. Lots of people can have ideas, but not everybody um, takes action or follows through on it. So thank you on behalf of all our listeners, the Parkrun adventurers and and the Parkrun community in general. And thank you also for joining us on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Can I just wish everybody in Australia the best Christmas ever, wish a very happy and prosperous New Year, and also, if I can express my sincere thanks and gratitude to every single person who's ever either run a park run or volunteered at a park run, because we couldn't do it without you. So God bless you all, and uh, I really thank you, and I hope that I get to meet as many of you as possible in the next year. Time to catch up with another one of our regulars who's been good to us during the year. Welcome back to the pod for the last time this year, Robbo. G'day, Scotty. G'day, Mel, and g'day, listeners. Great to be back on the show. Always good to have you back, Robbo. Um, on Saturday, a bit of a special day for you at Newey. It was a very special day and, a, and an emotion-charged day as well. We uh, had a bit of a tragic incident. Well, not a bit of a, a very tragic incident here in Newcastle last week where um, Jennifer Bates, who is a regular park runner at 
Nui Parkrun. She yeah was killed tragically in a in a motor accident. She was riding her scooter on the way to work about nine o'clock in the morning, and uh, yeah was involved in an accident at a roundabout, basically at the half just near the halfway point of Nui Parkrun. So it's very close to home um, for the the Nui Parkrun community. But um, yeah, she was involved as I say with Nui Parkrun. Her husband Geordie, also a regular at Nui and a member of the Newcastle Flyers running group, which I'm also a member of. And yeah, it, look, we're still still trying to make sense of it. I'm not sure we'll ever make sense of, of what's happened um, and just such a sad loss. Jen was 36 years old, um, had a, you know, a bright, bright future in, in front of her and it's it's really touched, yeah, it's touched Newcastle. It, it, it really has hit home just how much Newcastle uh, is just such a, it's like a big country town really and it was just amazing to see the support of the community and the running community, especially for Jen's family and, and Geordie. And so, yeah, uh, Jen's favourite colour was purple and we were uh, encouraged to come with it dressed dressed in your purple and come and run park run in honour of Jen. And there were some even some special barcodes fashioned which were actually purple and um, a great moment led by uh, Andrew Dodd, one of the event team. He, yeah, you know, said, said some great words at the start in, in honour of Jen and we were able to raise our barcode um, to remember her as well and then and then we ran and, and Geordie her husband yeah you know somehow he was able to to be to be there and I, I would you know put myself in his shoes it would be an emotional wreck but you know he was very strong and came out and we were able to run with him as as part of the Newcastle Flyers group so very 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 special um yeah so, such a sad story and coming into Christmas as well but uh but if there's any, you know, any way to, I guess, lessen some of the pain, it was certainly seen um, at the Newey Park Run course on, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, Geordie himself, you know, said how much he appreciated that. And we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll think of Jen when we're running around there. I'm sure for for many weeks and years to come. I think a lot of people. Um, you said that Geordie was strong in in showing up, but I. A lot of people probably don't realise the impact that the support of your community and the fact that you all, you know, wore purple and, and the greater Parkrun community did as well. You know, I wore purple on Saturday um, for Jen and I was in Queensland, so it, it would have been happening all over the country. And, and that kind of support would have given him so much strength. So it's a really lovely thing that you guys and the rest of your community were able to do for him. No, oh, and and thanks, and and thanks for yeah, not only yourself, but yeah, every, everyone and anyone that got involved. And I know, yeah, down in Canberra and Sydney, and, and as you say, right around the country. I think it even touched the park runs internationally as well. Um, yeah, you know, we all we feel that loss, and I, I think it, you know, life is just crap sometimes, and, and these sorts of things come up. But it, it it was nice. It was it was empowering. It was great for people to be able to show their support just by doing something small, a token gesture wearing purple coming along just being there you don't even have to say anything you know you're supportive by being there and um it's it's you feel so helpless it's it's great for people to actually feel like they can do something just to show that they support and as was mentioned we had a a christmas run which we do each year here in newcastle and a group of the newcastle flyers got together um after a a memorial sort of uh, that was conducted and you know, yeah, just made that point to Geordie and, and his family. You know, we're here. If you ever need a, a run or a coffee or a beer or, you know, a hug or anything, you know, we're, we're here. And I think certainly he was that, that was felt by, by Geordie and, and his family. And, and certainly, yeah, a huge thanks, you know, to not only the locals here around Newcastle, but all, all the park runners around Australia for, for that show of support. It's really special. 
Yeah, nice one, Newcastle. Life is crap. But let's, Sometimes. Yeah, let's move on to happier memories. What's been your highlight of the park run year? Yeah, thanks to, uh, Thanks for asking, Scotty. I had to reflect on this during my run this afternoon. Uh, actually, around the Newey Park Run course, it ended up being a freedom run. But I'm rolling the months all the way back to the start of the year, Scotty, and uh, the the newest park run event that launched here in the Hunter region, or uh, sometimes known as the region of runners, a little cheekily. But that was on the 30th of January this year, and it was at a place called Raymond Terrace, about 20 minutes north of uh, where where I am here in in, in central Newcastle. And it's known as the Terrace Park Run. And that was an amazing uh, celebration. The launches around this part of the, the world are, are always pretty staggering in terms of the people that come up from it. It's just a huge party atmosphere and it's a thing you have to be at. It's, I think there's a huge fear of missing out. And uh, everyone that was anyone was there, including uh, Olympian Marty Dent, whose mum and dad just live up the road from there. So he calls that his second home park run and he, his wife Kathy uh, also were there. They happen to be the the, the leading, uh, the, the first finishers in the men's and women's categories on the day um, and I, I actually peris- I had Periscope going, live streaming app on, on Twitter and I Periscoped the entire thing uh, which I don't know if it was great viewing or not but it, I think a few people tuned in but there was this incredible moment, it's a two lap course there, it's on the banks of, of the river the hunt, where the, uh, hunt, the Hunter River flows along there Two-lap out-and-back course, fairly flat course, very, very, very picturesque. Uh, but Marty Dent, to see him um, have to try and go through the 692 other people um, who were on the path as he made his way out for the second lap was really quite easy. He used all his cross-country skills to run up a 45-degree angled slope on the side of that, and uh, he made his way through. So his, his time of 15.53 was certainly a, a pretty decent time, given all that. So that was that's a big one to kick kick us off for the year here uh that was the 12th launch of a park run here in the region of runners i'd have to say uh just before the olympics that was pretty special as well we you know we talk about park run as being something that can be for beginners and all the way up to olympians as well and we actually had a real live olympian during the olympic games that he was competing in uh here at newey park run just before he flew over to rio so it was scott westcott the current park run australia record holder and, uh, yeah, he ran Newey Park Run, and then uh, about an hour after he'd, he'd started that run was the opening ceremony um, in Rio. So that was really weird in a way, and, but it was it was nice to be able to give Scotty a big send-off, and he went out, and I think he ran about 15 minutes himself that day, uh, a little bit off his record pace. But, yeah, to, to be able to get behind Scotty, um, people may know um, the story behind Scott, and he, he tried for, it seemed like, for for you know, decades to try and crack it. He finally reached his goal of getting to the Olympic Games. So, um, yeah, that was fantastic. And he's just a fellow that lives, he, he loves, he get, totally understands and gets what Parkrun is about and is always happy to support it. And, um, yeah, great to sort of give back. And it was a big thrill for, for all the Parkrunners and, you know, from 20-minute runners to 50-minute <clears throat> runners and walkers um, to be able to rub shoulders with Scotty. I've got to say as well, my, my international runs, which you guys heard about on the show in a previous episode, South Africa, doing two park runs over there, Greenpoint Park Run and uh, Durbanville Park Run. And just to get a taste of the, the craziness, the, the way that the South Africans are, are fanatical about park run, I thought we were good, we were keen, but the South Africans, I think, have taken it to another level. So that was great to get a taste of that. 
And then my final one, guys, would be my four-year-old daughter, Grace. Well, firstly, we got her registered for parkrun, which you can do when your kids turn four. So got her her own barcode. But uh, fairly recently, up on the Gold Coast visiting my sister's place, and she actually completed her first ever 5K parkrun, running and walking a good chunk of it. And uh, it was pretty sticky, as it can get up there, pretty hot and humid. But she got through the whole thing, and uh, I think we're going up to do another one on Christmas Day. So uh, egged on by her older cousin, Kate. But uh, pretty special when you, when you start seeing your kids um, getting their barcode scanned as well. That is very special. You've got it all, Robbo. You've got the beginners to Olympians and the adventures. <laughs> a good cross-section there. So, yeah, look, they're just, they're just a few that came to mind. But uh, I guess it's pretty, been a pretty handy year when, when I can think back on all those things. Very lucky. Very lucky. Now, we've been asking everybody this during the podcast this week. It's, it's very important. Do you have a terrible bonbon joke for us to share for Christmas the, the, the age old when is a door not a door when it's a jar that's, that usually is just a detail <laughs> so that's, that's no dramas but we'll get that one out of the way but this one came to me I was, I was emceeing a Christmas carols the other night the mighty Gregson Park Christmas carols here in Newcastle and a lady um, I asked if she, if she knew any good jokes or might have got her to ask, ask if she was, could sing me a song but she came up with this one she said how did Mary and Joseph know Jesus was seven pounds six when he was born? Because they had a way in a manger. So I thought that was pretty good. I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> I've been educated. I didn't know he was seven pounds six. No, well, <laughs> no, well, that's yeah. There's a there's a lot of layers to that one. So um, <laughs> so you're you're welcome to use that. And if you see if you see that in a bonbon this year, well, you'll have to act surprised. But yeah, no, that's the best I can do for you. I think, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Robbo. I think I think the quality there is up to scratch with the other ones we've received so far. Good, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty bad at the best of times. They are, but it's all part of the Christmas charm. It's fantastic. That's right. That's right. Robbo, we've made it to 50 episodes. We're equals now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've uh, actually given you the official. Uh, round of applause, raise the bat for your half century. That's that's fantastic. So please, please do me one favour and don't stop at fifty. Well, were you tempted to keep going, that. or were you, you yeah. dead set on finishing at fifty? No, I think uh, I think it had run its course, and uh, I'm not sure what it was. Russ, Russ was just Russ Jeffries was just blowing up my co-host that he that he could never get the keys to the the Parkrun Learjet, so he he stormed <laughs> off in a huff and went back to the UK to. Do some marketing job. So, um, no, I don't. I can't actually remember. I think it it just it got to a point where where we were happy with that, and we thought we got our fifty shirt. That'll do us. So I reckon you guys are good for at least a, a black one hundred club. And I'm I'm even thinking the two fifty would look good on on the uh, the Parkrun Adventurers podcast as well. So I'd say keep your head down, guys. But well done, well done. Don't forget your barcode. Get it scanned, and then. Yeah, just keep just keep racking them up. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Green is our favourite colour. Oh, great! Very good. Yeah, thanks, well, Robert. It's been Christmassy too. Our pleasure. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you and your contributions during the year. So if we come back next year, you'll also have to come back every now and then. Uh, I'll Deal. Be, I'll be more than happy to come on if you if you're still um, game enough to have me on. Uh, 
babbling on as I do, then I'll be more than happy to oblige. So, yeah, love, love to come on and keep spreading the gospel of Parkrun. Now it's time to catch up with our one and only member of the Channel 4 News crew. In a segment we like to call Get to Know the Channel 4 News Crew. Welcome to the pod, underscore PK. How are you going, Mel? G'day, Scott. I'm really well, thanks, PK. And thank you for coming on the show. Live, sort of, this time. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure. In this live pre-recording. <laughs> indeed, indeed. No, it's good to hear. Good, good to hear from you guys, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be involved this year. Congratulations on an awesome year. Well done. Thanks, PK. With your help, you've contributed a bunch of roving reports that we've loved. And what inspired you to um, help us out, get involved and get some stories from SA and around the world? Oh, I just, yeah, absolutely. I just... Um, I'm known for getting obsessed with things, uh, and uh, I've only discovered Parkrun this year. So Parkrun's new, well, new to me from January, I reckon, uh, and uh, I just got obsessed like most Parkrun adventurers, and then thought, well, I need to share some of this with more people, and then I heard you guys doing great things, and I thought, well, let's share what's happening in South Australia with the rest of Australia from both, um, you know, um, already uh, converted park runners, but hopefully um, others that we can um, help join our cult, uh, sorry, community. <laughs> now, we're openly calling it a cult, I think, at this stage. Oh, good. <laughs> good to hear. Now, I you're a it. Mount Barker park runner. I am indeed. Um, describe Mount Barker to us. Is it hilly? Oh, no. No, it's oh. pretty well flat. It's probably the flattest one that I know of uh, in South Australia. West Beach is probably a little bit. It's got a bit of a, an undulation. But, um, no, there's a, there's a little bit of a dip as you uh, take off. It uh, goes under a bridge, and then it's flat. So it's out the back of uh, the Homemaker Centre out in out the back of Mount Barker. Mount Barker's up in the Adelaide Hills. It's probably a 25-minute drive out of Adelaide because I know that because I drive it every Saturday. So um, we do have uh, other park runs closer, Lockheel uh, and the Torrens in the city, but um, just become a um, love, become obsessed. There it is, my obsession um, with uh, Mount Barker because um, a mate of mine um, was volunteering up there. Uh, he, he wasn't even a runner, but he got involved as a volunteer photographer. Then he started running, and then that's how I found out about it. And so we just... Uh, even though we could go to um, close ones, which we have gone to, we just love the Mount Barker community. So it's a beautiful community. There's, it's probably on average about well, 120 to 150 each week. Um, our best was 204 on our second birthday. And the course itself is just an out and back, 2.5 you know, out and back, um, and beautiful along the wetlands, the Laratinga wetlands. So very nice. They are a great community out there. I did a freedom run and Roz came out and, and showed, I think there were three of us who showed up from Queensland who wanted to do a freedom run one weekend and she came out and showed us the course. So that's the kind of spirit you guys have got. Yeah, you're absolutely. And everyone involved, is. It, it, that's why we're happy to, to head up there every weekend when we can, most weekends, and get amongst it when we're not park run adventuring um, in other places. So, yeah, love it. Now, recently you took part in one of those uh, mannequin video challenges. You were one of the first park runs in Australia, I think, to do it. A few others have tacked on since then. Um, who who organised that and, and how much planning went into the beforehand part? 
Well, it would have been um, Gary Denham, one of our photographers. Gary and Charlie Butler and Paul Butler, they're, they're, they share the photography uh, work. Um, Mount Barker Park Run is well known for its um, its photos. I know lots of park runs are, but um, but in particular, Mount Barker has you know each week any anything from two hundred and fifty to four hundred photos every week um, because they're obsessed photographers there, which is great. So we uh, so I think everyone was willing and able. You know, it was it wasn't a foreign thing to have a camera stuck in your face. So we already knew that. So we had some some willing talent, and then it just went out on the Wednesday or Thursday night on the on the uh, Facebook page, and it basically said um, yep, uh, we're going to do it this week. Just uh, be ready and. Everyone had kind of heard about it. We put a few examples up on the Facebook and on the Facebook group, and um, we got into it and did it. And I think we did all right. There was a few people that were a bit eager um, and um, and moved, but other, uh, otherwise, um, yeah, it was all right. We had a fun. Yeah, it was good fun to get amongst it. PK, you also went over to the UK, and you got our famous interview with PSH. Was that Indeed. Absolutely, that that would be that would be the other highlight of the year. The first highlight is actually finding out about Parkrun, and sorry, the first highlight is clearly discovering the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Let's face it. Then, um, it was thank you, um, and I've been listening since episode one. I actually listened back to episode one again today, um, and oh, you dear. guys, how was no, it? It's like, it was all right. No, no, it was good. It was <laughs> it, hey, everyone improves with age, like a good red wine, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was okay. um, <laughs> uh, going overseas was amazing. I um, uh, like good park run adventurers planned our trip unbeknownst to my wife around uh, making sure that we were in different places in the UK every Saturday um, where there was a park run near where we stayed. Uh, and yeah, so I did one in London, one in Cornwall, and one in Bath. The London one, unbeknownst to me, just happened to be the weekend that we were there was the twelfth birthday of. Um, Bushy Park, and therefore the 12th birthday of Park Run, uh, and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time when, when the you know the man himself who created Park Run, Paul Sinton Hewitt, was just standing nearby, and I w- walked up and said g'day, and then I um, interviewed him for um, this very podcast underneath the pod the um, Park Run tree. Um, so therefore the the tree that uh, is in the Park Run logo it was pretty emotional time i must say you know um to not only be there but but then actually to do that so it was good lots of fun now you mentioned you've got an obsessive nature about you and with parkrun this isn't a fleeting obsession is it you're going to kick around for another year i'll be here for a long run mate i've done 39 now and i've volunteered i reckon five times um so pretty well every week if if i don't parkrun it's a sad day but um uh, yeah, pretty well every week and absolutely cannot wait. I reckon I'm hoping to hit my 50 early in the year. Of course, we have the luxury here um, in South Australia, um, like most places I know, but certainly Mount Barker has a park run on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and we've got one nearby at 9am. So it is possible to do five park runs over three, four days, I should say, um, over two weeks. So uh that should help me get close to my 50. Yep, no, mate, I'm in it for the long run. Can't wait. Good to hear. Now, PK, very important question. Have you got a really bad Christmas bonbon joke for us? Absolutely. I've got a few, so either you can listen to them all or just, you know, um, delete the ones you don't like. Would you like two or three? Give give us three and give them in ascending terribleness. Oh, okay. Let's have a look here. 
Right, the first one will actually is my daughter told me it, but I've kind of changed it a bit to suit um, Parkrun. Oh, you've written it yourself. Like it. Well, I don't know. So, so it's either going to die horribly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what did the policeman say to the parkrun volunteer's tummy? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're under a vest. I like it. Sense, doesn't it? I think, I think we should release is, a parkrun joke book. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I think the original one is, yeah, what did the policeman say to his tummy? Yeah, you're under a vest. Oh, yeah, okay. So. Anyway, I had, to, I had to try and make it a parkrun one. Um, you, you probably know this, but I still love it. It's one of my favourites. Um, what's orange and sounds like a parrot? Um, a carrot? Correct. <laughs> well you don't know that one. It's pretty good. Okay. I didn't know that one. That was actually a, an educated guess. A carrot. Well done. And the final one. Um, what's the difference between a piano, a tuner, and glue? Well, the answer is that you can tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuner. <laughs> the glue i knew you'd get stuck with that (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make any sense no you you got stuck with the glue bit oh man sorry that's another see that's the thing about having having young kids mate you got stuck with that (laughs) as the absolute dodgiest joke ever oh dear that was quality those were all excellent i'm i'm writing them down for my uh christmas bonbons (laughs) <laughs> you totally should. Um, hey, congratulations to you guys for an awesome year, by the way. Thank you so much for, on behalf of all Parkrun adventurers um, who tune in, you know, every week or when they, when they can, um, on on the dedication that you guys show to this wonderful community that we have across the world and, and that you, you know, you give up your time to create awesome content every week. So well done to both of you, by the way. Well, you'll make us blush. <laughs> Uh, mate, I'm, I'm speaking for uh, many people and um, thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, all the people that tune in. And uh, keep doing great work. I can't wait to see what you do in 2017. Did you hear that, Scotty? We've got hundreds of thousands of people listening. So obviously the stats that you are downloading are not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. You never know. When people share it, that's what, you know, when people share Share it on um, Facebook and share the SoundCloud. You just don't know. They, they could be, well, I don't know. They, you know, they could be listening on someone else's device. So I'm sure people are making mixed tapes of us that get played on cassette in really old cars. That's right. <laughs> PK's a newsman. I trust his facts. I'm going with hundreds <laughs> of thousands of listeners. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for all your work for us this year too. Have a good Christmas and oh, no a new year. Good luck. Thank you, mate. Getting to the all, the, all, all the best to you guys. You look, and thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you um, listening to my uh, my yabber, and I look forward to hopefully doing more of it in 2017. Mel, that is it. Episode 50 is done. Thank you, and congratulations. You know, here's a, here's a bit of a history lesson. Can I indulge you? Um, you mean, can I indulge you? 
You're more than welcome to indulge yeah. me, but I'm not sure what I'm going to ask for, so you could get into trouble. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can just keep rambling because one thing we did prove last week is that, yes, some of you do listen to the end, but then, of course, some of you don't. Anyway, a bit of a history lesson. When the Park Run Show Australia with Robbo and Russ finished, I actually wanted to continue it. I didn't want the podcast to go away in Australia. I just was never really sure how we could continue it. There were some discussions, nothing really happened. And then I came up with this great idea. Why don't I ask Mel if she'll do it with me? Do you remember? I remember when you asked, yes. Yep. And you said yes straight away. I'm pretty sure it was caps lock yes as well. (laughs) And so it was. We didn't know what we were going to do. We had a rough idea. I remember we had this little spreadsheet with awesome ideas. And I think we've worked our way through all those awesome ideas this year. So thanks. The, the actual awesome ones I'm pretty sure we covered. There were a couple that weren't so awesome. And so, yeah. I think, but I think we have gone through them all. But now we've got to start a new one. Awesome ideas for 2017. If we return. You want to come back? <laughs> you want to come back for another year? I'm not done yet. How about you? No, I'm not done yet either. We'll do it one more year. At least. Green is our favourite colour. Anyway. It is. How did you know that? How did I know that? It's our favourite colour. I think your oh. shade of green is possibly different to my shade of green, but it's still green. Yeah. But we should finish up how we always finish up. Is there any cake this week? Um, I don't know, unless you like fruitcake for Christmas. There are no launches or anniversaries, uh, probably just candy canes, I think, this week. Everybody gets the I bonus like of having the option of going along to a second park run. Two in two days, that hasn't happened before in Australia. Pretty sure. Really? Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> check those facts, okay? I'm calling it, so nobody refute what I've just said. And then it'll be true. Didn't we do it last year? We had back-to-back? We did. No, there was a day in between them last year. No, it was, no, it was there like, wasn't. We had Christmas no, and it was, Boxing Day last year. Yeah, no, we did. No, no. I'm pretty sure it was Thursday, then day off, and then Saturday. No, 100%. It was Christmas Day, <laughs> Boxing Day, Saturday. And Boxing Day was Saturday. You think it was a Friday and a Saturday last year? Really? I'll take your word for it. So that's it for a year. And what are we going to do for the next three weeks when we don't have any podcasts to work on? I guess, you know, we might see our families for a change. That, yeah. That's a novel Monday idea. night. <laughs> Get Monday night back. Is anything on the TV on Monday nights? I doubt it. Wouldn't matter anyway. Don't watch TV. No. Um, Go for a run. Oh, it's a bit hot in Queensland to run in the evenings. Also dark. We don't have your spectacular sunshine till 9.30 situation happening up here. Huh. Well, just sit and stare blankly at the wall <laughs> and waiting for the second week of January where we'll get to do it all again and discuss our Christmas runs, our New, Year Day run, New Year's Day runs. Yes, we can talk about the adventures we have had at Park Run over the festive season. I'm looking forward to that. So Mel, genuine thanks. This is how I'm going to say goodbye. Couldn't have picked a better host, co-host, to embark on this 
adventure with. Thanks heaps. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I agree. I don't think you could have picked a better co-host.